Hey, it's Dalia. Quick thing before we jump into today's show. Now, if you're listening on an Apple device, then I am talking to you. So Apple has been Appling, and during recent software updates, there's a chance that it actually unfollowed the zest from your podcast feed without you even knowing it. So to check and see if this has happened to you, here's what you do. Open your podcast app, search the zest, and select the homepage. Look in the top right corner, and if you see a pause symbol, then go ahead and tap that pause symbol to resume automatically receiving episodes of The Zest when they drop every Thursday morning. You might also see a download symbol or a plus sign. Same thing. Go ahead and tap that symbol to make sure you are following the show. We have some really fun stuff coming up for you this season, and we want to make sure you are around to hear it. While you're at it, tell a friend because maybe they were also a victim of this atrocity. Friends, don't let friends miss an episode of The Zest. Okay, here's today's show. Support for The Zest comes from People's Gas, delivering clean, efficient, and affordable natural gas for cooking at home with precise temperature control. More at floridasenergy.com. It's Extra Zest. I'm Robin Sessingham, and every month on the podcast, we focus on what's fresh and what's growing in Florida. Alicia Whitten is a commercial agriculture agent specializing in small fruits and vegetables, and Stephen Grant is the Hillsborough County Extension Director. Stephen and Alicia, thank you so much for being back with us. Thanks for bringing us back. Thanks. So it's, uh, it's May, and things are starting to heat up. We're heading into the kind of the fallow season, but we still have some really good fruits and vegetables growing in Florida, including melons. Cantaloupe and watermelon. They've been in the ground for a while now and starting to produce because we're trying to hit that Memorial Day market. But we have delicious fresh cantaloupe that come from Florida and go out to all the East Coast. And then our watermelons are shipped. So tell me something about watermelons. You know, everyone likes it right now seedless. Does that affect the flavor at all? I think so, but I like the seeds. Um, There is some people that do feel like a, a seeded watermelon is a little sweeter, but the main thing is a seeded watermelon is bigger. I mean, they've bred them to be small, but usually if you have, if any, if a plant gets pollinated and produces seeds, the fruit get bigger. Cantaloupe season, really good cantaloupes right now. Is there such a thing as a U-pick cantaloupe melon field like there is for pumpkins or for blueberries? You know, I've, I've heard of more U-pick for watermelons than I have um, cantaloupe, but a lot of times if you know a grower or um, some of the mixed grower fields or a CSA, they will have melons and let you know and let you pick your own. The other option are uh, the roadside stands. Yes, there are where you can pick out. Yeah, throughout Florida, there's roadside stands uh, that are hopefully selling uh, you know locally grown uh, produce, and many times those roadside stands are also part of a farm. Now, I do want to add one food safety tip about cantaloupe. Yeah. When you cut it, you should not try to hold it very long. You should try to eat it within about two to three days, four at the most. Why? It's a food safety 
deal because as you cut through that rind, if you pick up anything, it has time to grow. So should you wash the cantaloupe before you cut it? Well, no, because most people feel like you can't get it out of the netting on the cantaloupe. I don't think it would hurt to rinse it really well because you would be surprised what running water and rubbing your hands, how much that can get off of things. We were also going to talk about sweet corn because the corn is delicious right now. It is. We have a lot of varieties that are what are called triple stack genes. So they have a sweet gene upon a sweet gene. So that's why corn is so good anymore. Even when you go to the grocery store and you see it sitting on the end cap out of refrigeration, whereas if anybody's as old as me... And remember that used to, when they were real little, you'd eat field corn and you had to pick it and eat it really quick because the sugar turned to starch. Now, um, with plant breeding, they've gotten it where that doesn't happen in corn. I can remember back in the 70s when I would grow corn in my yard, we would take a bucket of ice water out. And as soon as we picked it, we'd stick it in the ice water. So it wouldn't turn. So it wouldn't turn. So we could have it, you know, and then go in and and cook it. But so we could have the sweetest corn. Now, that's why your corn tastes so sweet, even when it's been sitting out at the grocery store. Where is it growing? Um, It grows from about Belle Glade on up the state. And it will go through North Florida and just like every other vegetable, start heading north along the eastern states um, to have it in the market. Now, just about everybody in their home garden wants to grow corn because everybody loves the taste of fresh corn on the cob. And just like uh, watermelons, we want to have corn Memorial Day weekend so that, you know, having that sweet corn and watermelon Memorial Day weekend is is a big um, uh, marketing uh, factor for our our growers. How tough is it to grow corn at home? It can be tougher than you think because here we have, and actually everywhere, there are a lot of caterpillars that Mm. can get on the silks and eat down into your corn. So when you husk it, you see this nice little worm growing around. So if you really, if you you know, if worms don't (laughs) don't bother you that much, you can just cut that off and go ahead and cook your corn and not have to spray. But a corn grower would need to spray and do some things to keep his crop in tip-top shape. Okay. How much room do you need for a good crop for, you know, at home? You could get away with maybe 20 feet, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of rows 20 feet long. And the reason you want to bunch it together instead of being one long straight row, corn is wind-pollinated. So, and if you don't get everything pollinated you get those areas that don't have any kernels developed so you want good pollination so that's why you plant it like in a block and versus a straight long skinny row well we're harvesting it now when do you need to plant it actually um depending on your corn you need to look at the variety and see on the seed packet it will say 60 days, 45 days, 90 well, days. That's not too bad. Well, it's it'll take longer. I think corn is about, in, depending on the variety, 90 to 120 days. Okay. And if you want multiple harvests, then you need to plant a few small rows 
wait a week or two and plant a few more. Now, if you, it doesn't do well here in the in the heat of summer. So it is a spring vegetable for us. Yeah, we we get it now and then, and then it moves up the country. Then we'll have to we'll have to bring it in from other states. Like a lot of things, we uh, like to try to plant after the point of the year that we think we've had the last frost. So uh, that would be the same for for corn. Try to plant it after the last frost of the year. Alicia and Stephen, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was Alicia Whidden and Stephen Grant of the Hillsborough County Extension Office. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to The Zest. You can do that and find lots of recipes from our stories at thezestpodcast.com. I'm Robin Sussingham. Dalia Colon and I produce The Zest. Copyright 2020 WUSF Public Media, University of South Florida.